So our second trimester, um, this is when we feel baby move. This is where it goes beyond an idea to, you know, another human being. Um, this could be a moment of, okay, good, I'm in. Or it's exciting. Yeah. Exactly. Or you, it may be more fearful too, you know, yeah. especially if you have to worry about resources. What resources are coming next? Um, do I have enough PL or do I, you know, have whatever I need to buy a crib or, you know, it's, it yeah. brings other things into preparation. Yeah. Correct. Um, and then the third is, um, the, the third trimester is just getting ready for baby's arrival, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we're at the end now. And so that brings in, you have some fatigue. You can have some acid reflux. Um, you start thinking about your relationships. Who's going to help me after I've yeah. had this baby? Yeah. Uh, you start thinking about what does labor look like, right? If I've opted to have a, a C-section, what does that recovery look like? Yes. What if I'm trapped into a C-section? I really want to be back. It happens, yeah. You know, yeah. so all those decisions come into play um, in this time. And then you have that nesting, right? Like you're... Okay, <laughs> the, the whole house down. <laughs> the cleaning yeah. and everything else. Um, so, and then this is where most of, I think, the focus is, unfortunately when really you had 10 lunar months, nine months, right? Where you, you could have been preparing for this event as opposed to, you know, you had the baby shower, you have an idea in your mind, a sort of loose idea of what parenting motherhood will be. Yeah. And then here's, here we are with this baby who's up every hour, who's yeah. not breastfeeding. And that, that's what I wanted to do for baby. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think if we did a lot more in the prenatal space, even preconception mm -hmm, space, mm -hmm. uh, then we'd be equipped then we'd be ready. Yeah, so so I th I would say, you know, kind of like breaking away from the fantasy as opposed to the reality, yeah. because I think sometimes, you know, I think we're all enthralled with what, what we see on TV, what happens with celebrities and all Correct. of that. But really having that foundational education about here's, you know, it really prepares you. It prepares you a well, the fantasy looks really good, right? You know, <laughs> you know, having the nanny or having, you know, never having to get up a child that sleeps all through the night all the time. Oh which my gosh! Is not Ever. reality, right? But but really being able to separate the fantasy from the reality, it helps with that internal conflict also when you're actually going through the reality, right? Because your your mind is not built up on. Or something else your mind can see that this is the reality because you were educated you had that foundational information way early on in in your preconception or pregnancy you know pregnancy years so i have a question for you when when do you think we should do parenting education i think i would say when you're considering so you once know. you're considering so you start you yeah. you also as long you you think about um, parenting along with preconception. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think right. you so now, now I have, yeah. now I have a toddler. No, should I be thinking about it now? You think it's something that should be a part of parenting as you grow? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. I think it should be a, I think the, the, the preconception and uh, I think it should be continuous because the parenting a toddler looks different, obviously, as you know, as it would a seven year old or eight year old, as it would a 13 year old, but learning and understanding what those early stages of parenting would require for you, because you gotta get your head right, <laughs> you know, you gotta get your head right, you might not be perfect at it and you don't expect perfection, but really preparing yourself um, for that and having that education, I think is, is very, very important. 
So I think one of the, when I was looking at this whole um, bonding question, right, whether it's during pregnancy, after pregnancy, and we know it's attachment theory, really, you can bond, you can continue to bond. It yes. doesn't end in, in one classic moment. Um, I was thinking about, you know how sometimes animals reject their children, like their um, offspring, their yeah. offspring yeah. right? And so I did, I was looking at, reading a little bit about it, and it really had to do with resource management. So there's a type of sheep, bear with me. There's a type of sheep that if it delivers twins, I believe it's called a merino type of sheep, mm-hmm. that it, it goes, it starts moving away once the second is born. Uh-huh. Because it doesn't believe, it, it. historically, there was not enough protein to um, sustain both. Oh, you know, so it started okay. to move away from one. And then I, it took me down a rat hole, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I started to read about um, different types. So, mammals, you know, if, like, for us, it's really difficult. We have to go through this whole pregnancy. It's not like we're laying eggs, right? So, we have yeah. to go through this whole pregnancy. And so, um, mom is really tasked with deciding, um, do I have enough resources to feed the number of pups or offspring or everything else? Um, and so, I, I, I started to look at other... Um, Moms had made this decision in the wild, okay? Yeah. And um, one of the things that happened most often is if they did not know how to parent. So, like, if they were taken away from uh, their litter or whatever else mm-hmm. too soon, then they were not, they tended to reject their offspring. So, for me, which is why I was asking you earlier about compassion, being able to be compassionate for someone else. Yeah. If you have yeah. not experienced compassion. Now, I know that we're extremely different, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're not, I know we're not animals, right? Yeah. Uh, but I think that, instinct, that instinctual thing, how much of it is instinct and how much of it is learning? I think it's, it could be a combination, right? It, re- it, it, it could be a combination. If, if somebody didn't learn it, then they might, you know, the instincts might still be there. And then you might have the instinct and the learn, and you could have both of those things happening at the same time. Um, I, you know, I think it, it's, it's, it's just so unique to the individual, right? It's very unique to the individual, very unique to the individual's experiences pre-having a baby, pre-conception, um, years into it, right? I, th- I think it's, a, it's really a, an individual experience, which is that awareness and understanding of yourself. I know I'm being repetitive with no, some of that. No, no. That awareness and understanding. The cure could is, be simple. Yeah, it's very, it's very, you know? very critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So, so I think, yeah, the instincts come for some people probably, you know, more naturally, and then for others, yeah, it might, might be a learning process. But also figuring out what are the obstacles that might be hindering my natural instincts from just kind of being Setting there. Setting in. Yeah, w- what's, what's happening? Is there, is there, was there trauma? Was there something else there that I needed to, to, to work through? There was this book called um, Parenting with PTSD. I've been reading it for a while because, you know, it really gives you a chance as you look at, you know, day-to-day experiences that you might have, how it trigger things from your own childhood when you were being parenting, parented and understanding now I need to take care of this, right? I'm being triggered. I need to take care of this. I need to work on whatever this is. And, and, and it could be very simple from combing your child's hair to maybe being triggered from whatever happened to you, how you, your hair was combed or not combed or tugged or beaten because it, it was too tough or whatever. That's a different story. So yeah, gonna, no, no, no. But, you know, so it's really, really a very, the parenting role, it's a powerful role. It's a lot of responsibility. 
and it, 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 it forces us to have to work on ourselves. Constantly. Yeah, constantly. Constantly, yeah. constantly. Yeah. I think that's yeah. why the younger children end up with a better parent. I've had yeah. this conversation a few times with my friends. Tell me if you, does this, is this true from your body of research? The younger, you mean like the, the, the kids now, more of the more, this, this so generation like, so of like kids? If you have, so like if you have four kids, the youngest okay, child it, gets the it. best parent. Like baby number four is rocking it out because all you, you know, like all your notions of what it meant to be a good parent are spent with the first three. So now you're more relaxed. Now you, you know what to expect. Um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, I haven't read any research specifically on that, but, but I think it's possible. I think it's, it, again, goes back to maybe that family system, that relation, you know, with your, with your mom and dad and being parented in a two-parent household, a single-parent household. You know, Auntie. All four, or four, four or five of those kids might get the same medicine. Right? True, <laughs> true, it's true. The, the old one got it, the second one got it, because mom is just trying to survive and yeah. make sure that everybody's taken care of. So it, I think it might vary. True, yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and I think if you, I, based on what I remember reading from in Caribbean literature, sometimes they would invest everything in the first child. Yeah. Which yeah. reminded me of the offspring, right? Yeah. Like the decision you make, like you're like, okay, or they'd educate, you know, as we know this with women, like they'll educate the boy, like say yes. the cultures, we, we'll make, the, we'll, we, you're going to go to medical school and you come out of school and go and work, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think even, even though it's, it seems like a simplistic, um, we have understanding it. I think we sometimes we these decisions can be made when if we have a mother who's engaged and has bonded, she will yeah. do whatever is needed to take care of the child. And this is what we that's the message I think that we want is how can you get rid of those barriers in your mind yeah. so that you can be the parent who would move mountains. Yes, yes. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. Um and I like I like that you brought up that PTSD because it's only now we're talking about birth trauma. Yeah, you know, like I, I mean, I'll share my C-section. My first C-section was an emergency C-section, um, and I, I just, I, I can't even tell you, I can't even tell you <coughs> how it felt to lose the idea that I'd have a normal or vaginal delivery. Yeah, you know, I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's unacceptable. We know how to give free. Like I was just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like the decision was taken away from me. Yes, and this is as a healthcare professional, I had a hard time coping with it. So can you imagine if you didn't have an understanding what a C-section was and you went yeah. and you came home and I don't know, I'm trying to bond with you, but you made me have the C-section. Yeah. yeah. You know, so there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot there that, um, that, that needs to be said and screened. And we don't ask that. We don't ask those questions in postpartum because as far as I'm concerned, yes. you're a healthy mom and you had a healthy baby. Yeah. And you better be, <laughs> you better be glad that. Exactly. Yeah. So don't tell and me I, about and your I could, feelings. And I can, I can relate to that because I had, section too and I did all the classes and you know all that fun stuff had music set up and it, it was planned eventually but leading up to before they determined the, the that I needed to do that I, I just had in my mind what I wanted yes so it was like a you know it was a blow right psychologically it was a blow and it took took a little while you know, for me to adjust. I'm not sure if I adjusted, but it took a little mm -hmm. while for me to adjust mm -hmm. to the idea mm -hmm. that this is what I have to do because that message was sent up, right? Well, you know, if for you to survive, baby to survive, this is what you need to do. And it's sometimes delivered in a very cold manner without the consideration for the emotional and mental aspect of, of what that 
mom might be going through. So that's yeah. true. Yeah, we're not beating up on anybody. We're just saying. No, that no, no. Th- but I think it's. Yeah, I think yeah. it needs to be said because I have said those words myself. Yeah. And it's because it, I, it came from a space of being burnt out. It's that yeah. same thing. It's that same. You're like Judith. I'm going to tell you the same message. Yeah. You know, you have to be present in order for you to be present as a healthcare provider in the kind of toxic environments that we've been in and that yeah. we have to play in. Right. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot. It almost takes like three days to recover from one day. Yes, and we're exactly. not doing that. Like we're yeah. back. We're like, I have five minutes to give you this much information. And that's it, lady. That's, that's it. it. I can't yeah. talk to you about like, and I, I could see it in your eyes that it's pained. And maybe I can get someone else to talk to you about it. Maybe, I can, But I can't spend the time that I need to um, because I think the decision, I think the decision will give you the best thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. meantime, I'm, I've lost it. Yeah, you like, just need a little I, bit of compassion and, yeah. a, you know, somebody to talk to, somebody to understand, to, to validate, you know, that what you feel is normal and that you're not, nuts right you're not losing your mind this is it's okay to have these thoughts it does even though it doesn't it's not a, it doesn't feel good it is okay and it is normal to feel the way you do under the circumstances and i think when you say something that a patient doesn't want to hear like after you've said it the next everything else is mm, yeah. like nope yeah. then there's the no box. more processing yeah. yeah um i don't Processing is part of therapy. Yeah, therapy. it's a lot of processing, <laughs> a lot of processing, a lot mm-hmm. of talking, a lot of processing. Yeah, lot, lot, obviously, a lot of listening on both sides. Correct. Right, lots of listening on both sides, and empathy and understanding, and a lot of affirming and validating. Um, of you know, we had we had in my time in oncology. Mm-hmm. You know, we had navigators and we had um, we had social workers. Think we really need to have social workers who are planned, present, and not burnt out in the perinatal population, you know? Yeah, and I think maybe the definition of social workers, I think there is also, again, this might just be what I'm saying, is the level of stigmatization about what a social worker is, right? I think, you know, social workers are like, oh, you just go and you... For me growing up, it was people who were nosy, right? Yes. want to be in your I didn't business. think about that. Yeah, they, they're nosy. They come, they're asking too much questions. And um, just just all over in your business, as we say. In right, the yes. Um, and here, I think there's, in America, there's but some stigmas about it. They, some people might not necessarily see a social worker as somebody who's providing therapy. They see you as you're just case managing a situation, right? You're doing notes, you're checking on somebody, and then you're moving on. Right. But it's, it's you know, it's But that's not, of, that's yeah. not, that's not what I mean. And I know you know that. Like, yeah. uh, what I mean is that that way, like, you fully understand the decision that has been made. And yeah. so you can talk both from a biological perspective yeah. and then help the patient wrap their mind around what's coming. Yes, yes, yes. You know? Yes, yeah. No, I was, I was trying to just say that point. And yeah. Yeah. But no, definitely, I agree. Yeah. You yeah. need to be able to, to support that patient as they're going through the process. You know, that, that process and connect with them and not just, you know, I, not just brush it on the brush it on the rug and you know, but that compassion is important at that's at that point. Okay, so uh, just to sort of uh, go through mother baby bonding, um, we know that it's it's for the first time like you're going from one identity to now thinking about um, another one, adding one if it's your first baby, and then it's an identity shift from one child to the next child. Correct. Yes. You yes, know, it's huge. It's huge. Um, 
Uh, so, and then of course, if you're going from two to three, and oh my goodness, what if it's I have even, twins? It's even huger, and huger is probably not real a word. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's big. It's big. We can it's, say huger. Why not? Yeah, you we, know, we make up a few things. <laughs> it's big. It's very big. big. Yeah. Um, and then, and the other thing that that we didn't even talk about is how do you go from you know, if you're a couple, being a, a couple, then now to parents of one, then parents of two. Like, there's also a change in, in dynamic there, yeah. um, which we should we should really do a separate podcast on. Yeah. Um, one yeah. is the paternal attachment. I did not focus at all on paternal attachment, yeah. and I know that's huge. Um, like, I always tell my husband, I'm like, you're like the MVP. Like, they're always <laughs> like, if there's a dad in the house, X, 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 X. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? Nothing. I'm just yeah. doing dishes and laundry. That's a whole other conversation Conversation, but i want to talk about that because i think it's um i think it's crucial yeah okay um and you could give me your your professional opinion on on what those stats mean so okay because i'm just like staring at it as opposed to doing the in-depth reading okay okay um and then you know why do we really care about bonding i mean i know that we sort of flitted with this idea throughout the, the podcast but early attachment relationships between mom and baby could be grandma, could be auntie, could be whoever stands in the breach, um, improve baby's psychological, cognitive, and social development. Attachment styles impact how the baby interacts with humanity in the future. Mm-hmm. So we are not, like sometimes, you know, when you're in the beginning and you're just, you're feeding baby every three hours, you're burping the baby, you repeat, right? You're not really taking care of yourself. They're teaching the baby the alphabet. You're doing one, two, three, four, five, or you know, there's some moms who are doing sign language. You're yeah. doing all of this work up front, and you're like, the world is not seeing me. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing? This is all invisible work that I don't get paid for. There's no time off for. Um, but but you're impacting generations. Yeah, because then that that trial experience and that attachment so early on it helps with you know the growth and also the as they get to different stage to kind of form how they function if, if they're experiencing it between zero and three months it kind of start forming how you know how they experience three to six months or six to nine months you know how they how they function how they behave how they connect with other little toddlers if they have to go to daycare you know it starts really affecting a lot of those different things true um not in always very obvious ways to us right but but the kid is growing and developing and, and starting to form, you know, their little attachments um, over a period of time. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, and then a mother who is bonded with her baby will try to know, protect, interact with, and meet the needs of her baby, you know, yeah. um, regardless of whatever resources are there or not there. So it's really crucial. You're gonna make it happen. Correct. Yeah. To have that happen. bond. You will do what you need to do yeah. once you're connected to your child. Um, and what impacts bonding? So this this research, I, I really enjoyed reading this. Um, it was a systematic review of all the data that was available. There were some conflicting studies, like anxiety, yes, right? Yes, I read through some of that. Too, I, yeah. I was actually, I was a little shocked because I expected it to act like depression, right? So, de- so at, the more depressed you are, the more decreased or the less likely you are to bond, right? But yeah. with anxiety, it can go either way. Yeah. And I think it has to do with that hypervigilance. Right. Yeah, the hypervigilance, it, 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 could, it could feed that ability to make sure that every, everything is okay. You don't want don't to skip a beat. 
But in doing so, I think eventually you, you still do miss something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, you still you, you still do something, or maybe you overdo, right? Because overdoing is also not a healthy, correct, um, way to to function or to manage. And eventually, you know, you might crash. Right? Yeah. Agreed. So in a heightened state of anxiety, and then you might go from, and this is not necessarily a bipolar person, but then eventually go from that heightened state into a depressed state because whatever it is that is forcing that heightened anxiety, now it's kind of, you know, hitting you a little bit more now, and you know, and then you feel a little bit, you know, a little bit down, a little bit more depressed. It's true, right? So it's, um, and I think too, like if you process. try to control everything for your child, yeah. right? Um, when they go to college for the first time and they get an F, it's going to be a problem. If you're, if you're doing, if you're doing their projects for them and you have never let them fly and, and, um, and learn how to fail, then it ends up being a problem. At some point, there's some issue going to be an issue in the bar, yes, right? At some point, there was this book called A Nation of Wimps. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting book, nice. but you know, like parents, you know, you just, you want to raise kids who can take care of themselves, manage, you know, their responsibilities, love them, nurture them, be there for them, obviously, and do our basic parenting responsibilities. But um, that book, it's it's very relevant for a our lot times. of us. Yeah, for mm-hmm. our times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the other things that there were really three classes um, that impact bonding and your ability to bond. One is social support. The second was self-esteem, and then the third was mental health. We jumped right into mental health, no, I think. Jumped. But you I know? think they they intertw- they also intertwine, mm-hmm. right? Social, um, self-esteem, and and the, the mental health. I think they all the self-esteem affects how we fe- we function mentally. Um, a lack of social support affects how we function mentally, Correct. right? Because how we feel about about ourselves, people we have to rely on, because. Social support is a resource, right? And, and sometimes, if you, if you don't have that, then it's just us. You know, you kind of kind of standing alone, and then your self esteem is not good because, like, what did I do? Why I don't have any friends? Correct. Right? You start. Correct. So they all just kind of so interwoven. True. Um, no, yeah. I agree. I was I was reading about like when I okay, so social support, protective against stress and challenges, help with planning. So it, it like nips that negative thinking in the mm-hmm. bud, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember when I had my first. I had my face and she was six months when I realized I was pregnant with my second. And I was like, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. I have no idea mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. How am I going to work? Think about grad school, do night shift. Now I have a second one coming. Yeah. And, and I remember, I always remember this. My husband is like, we got this. And then I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Those, so just having that, those, yeah. All I needed, yeah. I just needed someone to say you got this, whether he had it or not, right? Just no, I got it. right. I mean, <laughs> but just having that just reassurance. Belief. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay, that that was it. That was it. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think having that person now, it doesn't have to be a significant other. Yeah, uh, you can, and if you don't have anyone, you can create these relationships. Exactly. You know, I was looking at um, healthy moms, healthy babies. They have parenting classes. They have wellness classes for moms. They have um, social support groups. They have information on perinatal mood disorders, baby blues. Yeah. So you can create your own group. Social media, you can, it's good and bad. Like you can find groups like Scary Mom. Like you mm-hmm. can find groups that with others who can say, or apps. 
like you know apps yeah. Ad- yeah. with people who are in your same trimester or there are groups that are run by postpartum international. You can find a group. Like you can say, okay, I want to walk in the park, and you can. There are people who walk in the park at ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock. Yes. Yeah. Um, make sure that they're. To find your people. Right? Find yeah. your people. Yeah. But you yeah. must have people. Yes. You cannot do this alone. I think it's the same concept of like sometimes you know some people don't necessarily have a supportive family system. So we said, and what's your, your family of choice? And your family of choice could yeah. be, right? Yeah. It could be people from your church. It could be people on your, you know, people who you just connect with, and they become your people. Kind of the same thing, right? You you choose your social support, your network, and have those people there. You know, they're aligned. Most of the times when we choose people, they're aligned with some of our values and our beliefs and everything. So to kind of have your back when, when it feels like it's up against the wall, agreed, right? Agreed. Yeah. Um, and then it can, as you said, as you alluded to, it can work either way. So if you feel like you're in a social group that's negative, yeah. find other people. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you're more than allowed to do that. Find find a space that would be supportive of you and your baby. Okay. Yeah, make a um, yeah. And then... You know, we, we, we kind of covered most of what social support will offer you. Self-esteem. So this is part of um, that well-being thing, right? That goes back to everything that you've said about that holistic care of self. Yeah. And I think during that physical process of pregnancy, your self-esteem, even for the person with the best self-esteem is challenged. Because, yeah. you know, your stomach, your legs, your everything that we covered when we spoke about skin yeah. changes and everything else. Um, so it's how do you one control the process of of not trying to put on too much weight as rapidly as possible um but also how you connect with however whatever way you feel beautiful or loved right could it be red lipstick could it be um getting your eyebrows whatever whatever simple thing would allow you to go through cope with keep your identity as you go through um pregnancy yeah i guess like you know finding those basic self-care you know, self-care skills are tools, are resources that you maybe had before, but maybe need to revisit. Um, again, finding some some new things, right? What did you, you do? Like what? Um, do you remember? Um, oh gosh, I, I don't. I'm not sh- even sure I remember. Okay. I mean, I like getting my hair done, like you know, wash up, blown out. Uh, you know, going to get a manicure, a pedicure. I spending time with my my friends, going to the movies or something like that. And you maintain uh, that throughout, yes, right? Yeah, you kept... I, tr- I tried. Mm-hmm. I try. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's not a straight line, right? You know, but I tried. But in my for my my last kid, I I worked straight up until it was C section. So up until like a week before he, um, he was born, I was like. I need time off to get my hair done, my nails done, and just to do, to just to, to kind of relax. Um, but yeah, you f- find those things that that really bring you joy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know that lift your spirit. And for everybody, it might be different if it's taking a walk in the park, doing something. You have to find that. True. Mine yeah. definitely was making sure my tools were ready for delivery. Yeah, cause like I was like a. a <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I understand that they're very conscious of the feet, yeah, because they're going to be exposed. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I definitely wanted to, and I kept that throughout my, you know, living in South Florida, yeah. you know, but um, I just wanted to make sure that was one of my, my ways of self-care. And there's nothing wrong with that, no. right? There's definitely, no. and other people might have some other things that we might try to frown on, but But whatever own. feeds you, as yeah, you said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, you know, this, 
I, I think we'll go through this. This was like the Hollywood definition versus the yeah. reality of bonding. But I think we've stressed that it's not going to look the same, not even for the, for between children. Yeah. It may not look the same, but just know that it's a journey. So if you don't have that kumbaya Hollywood moment, it doesn't mean that you won't bond with your child. There are actually different things that you can do to bond with your baby, like massage, where we can actually teach you. Um, methods that you can mimic certain breastfeeding behaviors mm-hmm. even if you're just going to formula feed so that you still physically and mentally bond with your child yeah okay yeah. the other key that we did not stress i think the mental health um if we go back to my analogy with the mammals right with yeah. the animals so another one of the other reasons why mothers in the wild will reject their children is if they were physically sick yeah yeah. And so I don't want to downplay the impact of getting mental health um, help as soon as possible. If you were home with high blood pressure, you would seek help. Yes. If you're yeah. seeing stars at home, you're going to seek help. You know, um, so don't if you're feeling blue, if you're feeling depressed um, and I'm going to list all the possible ways that you can feel depressed in the show notes. If you're feeling anxious, I'm going to list all the possible ways that you could feel anxious in pregnancy in the list. If you're feeling like that, I'll even include the links for some of the, like the GAD, like for some of the tests that we would use yes, so you can start yes. having a conversation with your, your, um, your OBGYN or your nurse midwife. It is crucial for you to have this conversation and seek therapy and medication or both as needed. Yeah. Because you don't want to end up having a healthy pregnancy and then you cannot bond with your baby. Exactly. Okay. And that is traumatic for you and it's traumatic for the, for the baby because the child needs that. Correct. It needs that early bonding. Um, and then I just, some pro tips before we um, end this podcast. So never walk alone. Yeah. I think you stress yeah. that. Yeah. Social support is key. Um, do an inventory of who your social support is as well. Yeah. Um, if you have a history of depression and anxiety, get treatment, get treatment, get treatment. Um, if you notice difficulty in bonding postpartum, right? Cause this could be a lonely time where you're really not seeing your OBGYN as often. Yes. Um, let them know, you know what? I don't really feel like uh, there's some kind of disconnect here. Have the conversation. Um, if they ignore you, get someone else. Yes. Okay. Yeah, move, um, on, move on to somebody else. Move yeah. on to someone yeah. else. We're not in a contract. Like we could exactly. move on. Um, the good news is that there's help. Um, I, was there anything, is there anything else that you think we should add? Well, there was something that you just said, and I don't know if you can relate to this and I don't know what the studies say about it, but there might be some research. You're not seeing your, your OBGYN as much at that point. And I can recall going, you know, my appointments, I look forward to it. The office staff were very nice. And it's almost like a little bit of a loss at that point, right? So even, you know, talking about that, recognizing that, that, you know, when you leave the hospital with with the baby, just leaving that space where you had all this extra help. You might have help at home, but adjusting to that and being aware that, okay, I feel I feel a little bit more depressed. I feel a little bit more sad because now I'm not seeing that lovely nurse at the doctor's office mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. much as I as I, I was. So really being aware of some of those very subtle um, experiences that could, you know, take a toll or have an impact on, you know, just the entire emotional process. That's true. Because right, here we were, we journeyed together, right, yeah, for pregnancy. Yeah. And then you see me at six weeks and you're like, okay, well, I'll see you for your pap. Yeah. You know, and so that's why they're they're changing the laws slowly by slowly yeah, across states yeah. so they can cover 
postpartum care up to one year. Yeah. It's not in every state yet, but I think um, it's it's definitely would be a game changer. Yes, I agree with that. I think that is a, it's it's such a critical time. It's such a critical time. It's true. Yeah. So I wanted to thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, I've learned so much, and I think the message that you're giving that you've given has sort of. Um, sort of verified what we we know but we don't know yes like we yes. know now with them we know now that our children are older but we didn't have this when we were going through it in the beginning right yeah um and so this is this is our this is us attempting to stand in the breach for someone who's out there alone and pregnant and yes. trying to make decisions yeah. about how do i love someone who i mean may or may not have made a decision to have yes you know yeah, yeah. so i wanted to thank you so much for your time and your dedication and i believe we'll see you quite soon thank right you, so you know much, thank you very much this You're was welcome. an amazing experience and i mean your work is inspiring and very unique i think opportunity to to support women you know kind of the preconception i really love it i enjoy it thank you so much thank you and i know we're going to see you uh, next week when we talk about how to choose a therapist why we should choose a therapist yes. how to get over some of that cultural funk about um whether we should see one or not yes okay definitely. looking forward to that thank you Trudy. you're welcome judith wave host of the fourth trimester np <laughs>